What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Into the Light podcast with Braylon and Aaron. We're super excited today to have an awesome episode that I'm looking forward to to be really enlightening for myself and hopefully gain a little bit more knowledge about a topic that I've been interested in learning about but haven't really known where to turn. We have with us today Sarah Chapman. And Braylon's going to give us a little introduction for her real quick. Yeah, so Sarah um, is in me and Aaron, well, was in me and Aaron's ward. She now lives in Vermont, nannying with some cute kids. Um, and actually, me and Sarah served our missions together. We served in the same area one time. UOM. Yes. <laughs> love Utah Orem. And today we just have Sarah on the on the mic today. And we're so excited to have her and share her story. So, Sarah, do you want to start off by just telling us about your background, about your story, about kind of where you grew up, how you grew up, your parents, your activity in the church, your parents' activity in the church, all the, all the good things. It all started when I was born. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I grew up in Southern California. I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, yeah, I moved like every year growing up. Wow. And then I lived in Arizona for a little bit in high school. And then... Oh, yeah. yeah, we also went to college together. But we didn't really talk to yeah, each other. Never. That's crazy. We have a lot of connections, Yeah, seriously. Sarah. The Lord went just to, bringing me back to me. We went to school together, went on a mission together, and then ended up in the same ward. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I forget about that. Good times. Anyways, um, so yeah, I, I grew up in the Southwest, basically. Um, church was everything to my family. Like, that was our lives. Especially when I lived in California, there weren't as many members, and so I was like that mormon girl back when you could say mormon (laughs) (laughs) it was still kosher then um but like like people really was like oh yeah she's mormon like blah blah blah. that was like my personality you fit fit all the stereotypes yes (laughs) (laughs) like i remember kids asked me how many moms do you have like good times yes all the good stuff um so yeah that was my whole life as a kid um like, I read the Book of Mormon before I got baptized. I was like, this is my commitment. Like, seven-year-old me. Did I understand any of it? Not really. But I read it. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. That's impressive. Um, Were all your siblings, like, super active mm-hmm. as well? Okay. Yeah. My, like, again, my whole family. Like, church was everything. Yeah. Um, and that's still how it is really like i as i have siblings growing up i'm the second of six kids um so my older brother and his wife they got sealed in the temple a couple years ago um so far all of my siblings have served missions my little brother actually just left for his mission so that's exciting (laughs) um but yeah church is a huge deal in my family it's kind of the foundation of how we live that's awesome did you guys was the culture within your family very much like talk about the church very open with conversations or was it very much like we live it we love it but we don't really talk about it at home we don't really teach each other at home like was um, that we we talked about it my okay. dad loved to have like spiritual conversations like oh. some of my favorite memories with him were like in the car or after church like talking about like a doctrinal topic like that was a really big deal in my home that's awesome yeah that is that is super cool so we're talking like fag every monday well not every monday but we tried but yeah yeah (laughs) we have scripture study every morning we had early morning seminary and we would wake up before and read our scriptures that's awesome and yeah (laughs) how do you feel like that upbringing has influenced you up to this point in your life i think it's helped me to maintain a relationship with god no Mm. matter what Mm. because that's what 
we I learned growing up. Um, like that was so instilled in us. Church wasn't just like a thing that we did. Like mm. it was part of our home and like our a culture. Lifestyle. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I think that's helped me that like as I have, and I'll talk more about this later. But, like as I have questions, as I have struggles, like I've seen. I can point to so many examples from as early as like 12 of like, this is how God has helped me. So I have that foundation that I can look back on when I'm like, I have no clue what's going on right now. (laughs) See, that's very admirable because I think a lot of us, like we don't have that. We don't have that growing up, but we also like don't even grasp it when we're like YSA age, you know? So that's really cool that you started at a young age and then. Yeah, I was very, very blessed with my family. And it shows, it shows the importance of, of family in mm-hmm. general and yeah. how much of an impact parents can have on their kids if they teach them that lifestyle and develop those habits at a young age. Was, um, was, was a mission always in the plan for you, Sarah? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. So what happened? Um, I mean, I think when I was younger, I would always be like, yeah, I'm going to serve a mission. But by the time I was in high school, I was like, no, I have plans. I got to <laughs> go to school. I got to get my degree. I got to get into the workforce as soon as possible. Like, school was my life, and so I was like, there's no way I'm serving a mission. And then I went to NAU with Berlin, and (laughs) um, I was at a state conference. Well, actually, back up, sorry. Um, Right after I graduated high school, President Nelson gave this big devotional for the youth, where he talked about the gathering of Israel. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I went to that, and he was like, be part of like the gathering of Israel. And I was like, that sounds great. How do I do that? And the only prompting I got was go talk to your bishop. I didn't know what I was supposed to talk to him about. So I made an appointment with my bishop. I showed up and I was like, I don't know why I'm here, but God told me to be here. And he was like, well, have you thought about serving a mission? And I was like, like, yeah, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you're like, get out of here. And he was like, well, how about you just spend the next year preparing like you're going to serve a mission? And even if you don't, you know, you'll grow closer to Christ. And I was like, yeah, whatever, but I'm not going to serve a mission. <laughs> so then I was at NAU. I was going to a state conference and I saw sister missionaries for the first time. Like I'd never seen sister missionaries outside of a, like a, what is it called? A visitor center. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I was like, oh, like there's sister missionaries right there, like in the field. And I got this really strong prompting, like you need to do that. Whoa. Um, and then begrudgingly I started my papers and as soon as I went through the temple I was like okay yeah this is it like I want to do this for sure and I'm so glad I did like best decision I've ever made honestly yeah Yeah. and how was I mean we served in the same mission so we have an awesome mission president shout out president and sister Treadway um but how was your experience with your mission and like how did it impact your life in the way that missions are supposed to air quotes impact your life I think a mission helped me learn how to make my faith more personal and independent because I did grow up in a family where faith was really important, right? But it was really easy to kind of like, like, well, my parents know this. And I I believed it enough that I went on a mission, Mm -hmm. right? But I feel like it became so much more personal. I was like, oh, this is real. Something you wanted to continue. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I was like, this is actually impacting other people it's actually impacting me and there's definitely parts of my mission where i was like this is terrible and i want to go home right now (laughs) (laughs) i think almost everyone i've talked to has said they feel that way at some point but like i also found so much persistent joy Mm. in that and i learned how the gospel can actually bring you joy like i guess the practical applications of the gospel became more real to me on my mission what was that what was that transition like because i feel 
most of us that grew up in the church with loving parents, right? we piggyback off their testimony for yeah. however many years it takes, you know, but yeah. then eventually you either come to the point where you have to choose to believe for yourself or choose not to believe. So what was, what was that moment for you or how was that I don't, journey for you from going from your parents' belief to your, to your own knowledge? I, I couldn't say that there was like a point in time where that shifted, mm. right? I think it was a lot of little things over time. Like I've never had any miraculous like, mm-hmm. ah, you know? <laughs> it's really just been little moments of like, this thing was really hard for me, but I was able to get through it because of Christ. And like that built up. And then on my mission, I think seeing that work for other people, they realize, oh, it's not just me. Yeah. Like this actually works <laughs> like outside of my very limited experience. Um, and I think that helped kind of solidify it for me is seeing how that worked in people's lives who were like really going through it mm-hmm. and hadn't had this before. Um, I think that helped me a lot. Yeah. I think it's very unique, especially with Utah missions yes. that we see <laughs> so many active members of the church, but we right. see a lot of people who obviously were members of the church or are members of the church and don't go. And it's just, it's a paradigm that you're like, okay, what decision do I have to make for the rest of my life? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's super impactful. Um, nearing the end of your mission, mm-hmm. you said you kind of came to a realization when we were talking earlier. Do you want to talk about kind of how you got to that point? Yeah. Um, so I guess at the end of my mission, I mean, part of being a missionary is you spend a lot of time with another person. Mm-hmm. And so you hear every story about their life ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. And you're like, details, sis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you really get to know how another person thinks in a way that is so unique to having a companion because you're mm-hmm. with them 24-7. And so I think for me, it was talking to all these other missionaries and realizing like, I do not think the same way you do about attraction yeah um like (laughs) you know sometimes missionaries get a little boy crazy yeah (laughs) and so hearing them talk about like here's a recap of every boy that i ever talked to in my life (laughs) i don't know if that was just my companion no definitely did that as well (laughs) don't let her lie to you (laughs) so i think hearing that i was like I have never <laughs> felt that way. <laughs> like, I've never thought about a man that much. <laughs> like, I think that is a big thing that helped me realize, like, okay. oh, like, I really don't feel that way. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't like, oh, so that means I like girls. It was like, I don't feel this attraction towards men. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of thought that that would come. Yeah. It's really easy to kind of ignore that when, you know, you're in high school. I was that kid that was like, it's really easy to keep the law of chastity, guys. I don't know why you're struggling with <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah. Like, I have no desire to kiss the guys I'm on dates with. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then in college, it was pretty early in college when I decided I was going to serve a mission. So I'm like, oh, it's, it. it's dumb to date before I serve a mission. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I was nearing the end of my mission. And at, in the last six weeks of your mission, you do this thing called my plan. And you one of the sections is about dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was realizing, like, oh shoot, I'm gonna have to go home and like actually date men yeah. seriously. <laughs> yeah, and just realizing I have no desire to do that. Um, I think that's what what the realization really was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I I actually do like girls. It was, oh my gosh, I really don't like men. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not attracted to them I mean, in I the way that. <laughs> 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 but like, I I just never. <laughs> 
I had never made that connection. Yeah. And I think I thought that that would come as I was coming home from my mission and it never did. So it was more of a realization that you were attracted not to men. You, it's not that you were attracted to women. Yeah. So when did you come to that realization? Was that was more when you were on, when you came home from your mission? That was way earlier okay. and I was just really good at lying to okay. myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's, let's go back a little bit because okay. I, I think this is, this is super interesting. And I, and I just want to preface this with, I feel like, and I'm sure both of you agree that LGBTQ plus issues with the church is one of the most controversial topics yeah. Yeah. in modern day culture, whether it be religious culture or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Braylon and I are both a little bit more ignorant than we'd like to be. And so this is hopefully yeah. just going to be an informative conversation. And if our ignorance comes off a little bit, um, Sarah will fill us in with the different <laughs> things that we need to hear and know. But Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, but you identify as a lesbian, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So tell us about that time earlier in your life when you started to come to this realization? Yeah. Um, I mean, I joke a lot about it with my family and friends. Like, looking back, there were so many signs. Yeah. Like, looking back, I could be like, oh, that's why I did this. Like, that's why I was obsessed with this TV show or, like, stuff like that. But I think really the first time I realized was when I was about 14. We went on a family vacation, and we were visiting a ward. You know, of course, it's in a, at church, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My sexual awakening at church. <laughs> <But> <laughs> there was another girl who was also visiting, and I just couldn't stop staring at her and like thinking about her. And like, I was like, in my head so I really like to write mm-hmm. and so I was like oh she would be a perfect character in a book so I have to you know put it into my brain exactly what she looks like so I just spent the entire hour of young women's just like describing her in my brain so I would always remember what she looked like and <laughs> I would like have dreams about this girl and I was like I think that's not normal you know <laughs> like yeah. I, I didn't have words for it I didn't have like I wasn't like oh I'm a lesbian because I kept thinking about this girl. But I think that was the first time I realized, like, oh, I had more than just, like, oh, she's pretty. It was, like, I can't, I, like, actually have a crush on this girl. Yeah. And I realized that, and then I immediately shoved it down as deep as I possibly could because I couldn't deal with that. Mm -hmm. I didn't have words for it. I hadn't had any interaction with the LGBTQ community at all. Yeah. My parents were very strict about stuff like that um for all that they did amazingly <laughs> we were not allowed to touch anything that had any kind of like lgbtq representation yeah like modern family was shut down mm-hmm. like we weren't allowed to watch that or like if we were watching a show and there's a queer character we we're not allowed to watch it anymore stuff like that so like that was my only experience with that yeah, so you didn't really have the vocabulary no i didn't it. <laughs> and so i was like this seems like an issue that i'm not gonna deal with right now mm-hmm. and i i think then flash forward like i was again, really good about being in denial of that um, until I realized I don't have this attraction towards men. And then a couple months later, I was able to be like, okay, I do have this attraction towards women. Like, Um. that is there. I I actually thought I was asexual for a little bit, which means, like, having no sexual attraction at Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in my head, that was easier to reconcile than having attraction for someone of the same gender. So that was kind of how I dealt with that. <laughs> Got it. So. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, do you, from there, um, when you were 14, you 
came to the realization, shoved it down. Mm -hmm. You realized at the end of your mission, you had this attraction. And then you came home from your mission. And is that kind of the the point where you started to identify as lesbian or started to, I guess, discover who you were? Yeah, so a lesbian member. When I first came home, I still tried to date guys. Okay. Like I was on on mutual good times, you know. Uh, <laughs> the dating scene in Provo. Mutual, actually. So fun. We, I, yeah, we love it so much. <laughs> so I went on a couple <laughs> dates um, as soon as I got home from my mission, and I was like, "This is just terrible." Um, which, like, they could have just been objectively bad dates. Yeah, but also, I've had the same thoughts about mutual dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was just realizing, like, I can't force myself to yeah. keep doing this. Um, and I, so the first person I actually came out to was my little sister on my flight home from my mission. Mm. Um, <laughs> cause we happened to, well, my parents planned it out with the mission that we would meet up and fly home cause she was coming home from school Aww. at BYUI. Oh, that's cool. Um, and so on the plane, I was like, Hey, I think I'm bisexual because again, that was easier to reconcile than being lesbian because then at least I could still marry a man in the temple. And for right? those, for those who don't know, do you want to? just to find bisexual yeah bisexual is just attraction to two genders so Mm -hmm. like men and women okay so um yeah so i came out to her then she was like okay cool but i was like but i'm never gonna tell anyone about this okay this just stays between us um but then after a couple months i was like no this isn't going away so i came out to a group of friends in like literally two months after i got home from my mission and they're like okay cool and yeah which was exactly what i needed at the time like i needed it to not be a big deal interesting um and then I came out to my mom in April of 2021. 2021, yeah. <laughs> um, and she okay. had a she had a pretty good reaction as well. Um, where she was like, "This doesn't surprise me." She was the only person who was not surprised, really. Really. But <laughs> she was like, "This doesn't really surprise me. I feel like I've kind of known this. I love you." Um, and then I came out to my dad a couple days later. And he was also like, I love you. Mm. Like, I'm here for you. And then they asked, like, what can we read or listen to to help us understand this? So I sent them mm. the list of resources that I sent you guys. Yes. Um, which we'll talk about in our next episode. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, and then um, I just kind of slowly came out to my in- immediate family um, and had mostly positive reactions. Mm-hmm. Mostly. It was all positive. They're just like, okay. Yeah whatever <laughs> just another thing about you um and then in september i came out like publicly on social media and i was met with so much love and yeah. support and there's a couple negative reactions but i had um so many positive reactions that it like kind of nullified those like i, I didn't feel that that's incredible i felt more love and support so and do you think that because I know a lot of people don't have that experience. Right. They don't oh, have yeah. I'm so of, lucky. Of everyone around them, especially even social media and being right. public about it. Yeah. You got ward members on there. You got stake presidents on there. You know, yeah. you got a lot of people who have very deep got opinions. got the older generation. Yeah. yeah. The boomers. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, you got them on there. And to, and to have that overwhelming, I guess, reaction, that's actually amazing, Like, which I kind of love. Yeah, I was um, very, very lucky. What, like, I'm very aware of that. Yeah, no, yeah. What do you think kind of got those people to that point? Because I feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're an amazing person in general, so that you? just makes sense <laughs> in itself that they'd be supportive of, of anything you do. But 
of, or who you are, but how do you think, yeah, like, what is that? Because I know, for example, my brother um, came out as gay as soon as I came home from my mission, mm-hmm. and I don't think he got the same kind right. of love, yeah. even from our own parents, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure exactly, but that's my guess. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the difference? Is there something that you think people should kind of be aware of when they are... I guess, coming out or when they're commenting about stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, 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 I do. I, okay. I really just think I got lucky. Okay. Like, I've, I, don't, I don't think it's anything that I did mm-hmm. or that I just happened to have surround myself with only, like, affirming people. Like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think I just got lucky with the people around me. Like, I was very blessed with that. And For that sure. is a unique experience yeah. to have so much positivity. Mm-hmm. For me, instead of negativity, it was just, like, I noticed which people didn't say anything, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Which people haven't kept in touch, yeah. you know? that I feel like that's the more common response these days because I feel like people are really scared to be... To be canceled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be, like, publicly negative mm-hmm. about that kind of thing. So let's talk about that, Mm because I think that's really important. What, because I think some people are just so scared of the fact they don't know what to say. Right. (laughs) And they don't even, like, they could be like me and Aaron, just very ignorant about Mm -hmm. the situation, and they just don't want to say anything, because they think it's better than saying, or asking questions. Yeah. And so what do you think, if somebody was in that paradigm in their head, Mm -hmm. how do you think, or what would you say to them? If they were battling with, like, I don't know what to say because it's not necessarily... Because, you know, people have very different opinions about the matter. Either they believe it or they don't even think or, you know, whatever. There's just a wide spectrum of what people think about LGBTQ plus people. Uh, What what would you say to them or how would you help that person walk Um, through that? I think the biggest thing is to express love for the person. Yeah. Right? One of my least favorite sayings that exists is, uh, what is it? Love the sinner, hate the sinner. Like, mm. whatever that's... You know what saying I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Along those lines, I think that's the worst saying in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like, how can you love someone if you hate everything about what they do, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't mean that you have to agree. Yeah. But you don't have to tell anyone that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people kind of get in that trap of like, I can't let them think that I support gay marriage yeah. so i can't tell them that i love them mm-hmm. it's like just don't say that omit that part just say hey i love you that has that that's all you have to say yeah. right you don't say i love you but i actually don't support your decisions You're, like that's never helpful mm-hmm. that doesn't help anyone For sure. uh, that's only going to drive a wedge between you and the other person and the other thing i would say is to ask questions with a sincere desire to understand Mm -hmm. most queer people i talk to if you come to them saying hey i love you i don't understand xyz and i genuinely Mm -hmm. want to know they're gonna be pretty open to that i love that if you're coming in a way that's like i don't get why you're doing this and you're wrong and you're going to hell that's (laughs) not gonna they're like people are gonna get defensive and that's not gonna help for sure but if you're like i don't know what to say and i don't want to offend someone Mm -hmm. just say that to them say hey i don't want to offend you i really want to understand because i love you can you help me understand i think that that is always a good approach okay (laughs) i feel like that was that was kind of the conversation that we had yesterday mm-hmm. with you was, yeah. was that exact thing. Like we don't know the terminology necessarily. Right. And we don't want to <laughs> offend. So please just let us know. Yeah. And I feel like there's, there's something to be said as well about there's a difference between support and agreeableness. Like right. you right. can, you can disagree on something and still love them and support them wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. you know? 
Um, so I absolutely love how you how you framed that. I had a question about when you were coming out, what were the emotions and the expectations that you felt beforehand to whatever person or whoever you were coming out to compared to the reaction you got and the emotions you felt afterwards? Yeah, that's a good question. So that is a good question. Um, I was terrified every single time I came out. Mm -hmm. Terrified of like being rejected, of losing love and support. It makes me emotional thinking about it. But just like there's so much fear there. Yeah. Even if it's someone who has previously told you like, hey, I loved you no matter what. There's still that fear. Like my mom had made sure to tell me before because she had a feeling that I was going to be coming out at some point. I don't know how she knew that. But she had made sure to tell me like, hey, I love you and support you no matter what. And even with that, I was like, oh my gosh, my mom's going to reject me forever. Where do you feel like that comes from? Where does that fear come from? Do you think it's shame? I think it is. I think it's a lot of like, I feel so much internal, mm. like, I shouldn't feel this way, yeah. right? And I I think that is a big part of it, that, like, you're so scared about who you are that sharing that with someone else feels terrifying. Sure. And that's not unique to the, mm -hmm. like, coming out experience, right? With anything that we struggle with, like, when we feel that shame, like, we don't want to talk about it. It's terrifying because yeah. you don't want to be rejected, right? Like, you don't want someone to be like, well, you're, you're bad because of this thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, especially when it's something you can't control. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a huge part of it. And we talked about shame a lot in, I don't remember which episode, but in one of our previous episodes, we talked about shame a lot. And the one thing that can 100% battle shame is openness. Right. And being transparent. Yeah. And exactly. they say, I remember a quote from Mahatma Gandhi where he said something like, true happiness is when your thoughts, words, and actions are all in alignment. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing, there's no dissonance in between those three things and i feel like that's a lot of times where the shame comes from mm -hmm. where yeah. you felt like your thoughts your words and your actions weren't in alignment in alignment you Why? weren't being true to yourself and if you were true to yourself what's going to happen because right. of that and i think that brings up a big point that a lot of people don't understand about I th a question that comes up a lot especially in the lds lgbtq area is like why do you even come out then like mm -hmm. why why come out if you're going to stay active why would you even come out, right? And it's exactly that. It's because there's so much shame built up when you're keeping it all inside. Like, you can't feel happy like that, right? Yeah. It's really hard to feel that. But when you can be open and when your mm -hmm. thoughts and your actions and can all align and you can be open with who you are and your real lived experience, then you're able to, first of all, connect with other people but feel joy. And mm -hmm. connect to yourself. Humans right. have a I need. Agree for authenticity yeah you have to be authentic with yourself to feel happy i feel like to feel that true happiness you have to have those three things aligned right. in your life right um i want to kind of going from there um you aligning your thoughts your actions your words all together it's honestly super beautiful to even hear that mm -hmm. like you're just such a genuine person who wants to just do uh, the best you can in trying, general man. in life. And that's what we all want. Like, right. I think that's everyone's goal. Um, yesterday we talked about a little bit about covenants. Yes. And about the temple specifically. Yeah. Um, and kind of your, I guess your feelings, but also in our church, it's, it's very hard. I, when I had my conversation with my brother, it was very hard to, for me to reconcile like, I want my brother to feel love. Right. I want my brother to feel love. And I don't feel like I can say anything to him to back him up from that. Like, 
Mm-hmm. You feel love. You feel what love the way you want because right. I know how love feels, and it's amazing. And I don't want anybody to not be able to have that feeling. Right. Um, however, in our church, it's very family oriented. Yeah. And so, how did you kind of navigate that? How did you navigate? And I mean, I'm from our conversation <laughs> yesterday. You're still navigating. Yes, a hundred percent. Kind of go through, go through your thought process of when you're in the temple, when you're at church, and it's families right in front of you, right. every single pew, and there's a bishop who just married a family last week, you right. know, um, just, just, just talk us through that. I don't yeah. know if that's really a question. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. Um, so first I want to preface this by saying like, I can only speak from my personal experience, yeah, for sure. especially this topic is one that I think almost every single Latter-day Saint person who's part of the LGBTQ community has to kind of figure it out themselves right this is a topic that you that kind of hits you in the face whether you want it to or not at Mm -hmm. some point yeah there's that reconciliation that has to happen um and everyone's going to come to a different conclusion with that i just want to say like i can only share my experience Mm -hmm. and my perspective as i talk about this and also your reactions right exactly (laughs) yeah if somebody has the same exact perspective and reaction they don't have to react the same way you did right exactly um but I think, yeah, it definitely is a journey. Because when I first came out, part of what I think helped me be able to do that is to say, I'm, I'm coming out, but I'm going to keep my covenants forever. Like, I'm going to be single and celibate forever, and that's my plan, so you don't have to worry about me. I think that's what I had to do for myself to be like, there's this buffer of like, don't worry, like, <laughs> I'm still going to do everything quote unquote like the right way right um and i think there was a lot of there is a lot of pressure for that in the church especially in the lgbtq community of like well you can come out but only if xyz right like there there are a lot of kind of constraints with that um and that's hard (laughs) especially because like you said like you see your friends getting married like especially when i lived in provo Mm -hmm. it was really hard because dating is like the thing yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what you do when you live in provo it's toxic yeah <laughs> and so especially as someone who's like well i can't even date or else i will i risk getting kicked out of byu yeah. right like that was a whole another layer of things and i was teaching at the mtc mm. so it was like well i can't even date because then i could get kicked out of byu because then i could also lose my job right <laughs> so there's like is that true though because i thought I thought, and, and this is, I have yeah. ignorance, <laughs> I'm telling ignorance, um, I thought that what it was is, actually just tell me. Okay. <laughs> so I, I what the thing is, is you're not allowed to have any homosexual relations. Like if I held hands with a girl and someone decided to report me to the honor code office, I could risk expulsion mm-hmm. and it's not a hundred percent and i would have to be reported mm. um <laughs> but that like, it's even as simple as that mm. um but if i was like if i had a girlfriend while i was at byu and people knew about it and reported me to the honor code office and i would be at risk for expulsion tell me if i'm wrong yeah <laughs> and i thought this was a newer change but i thought it was any any sexual relationship that is like the law of chastity part. That's so, so that's the church's stance. Got it. BYU has a has a stricter mm-hmm. stance. I didn't know that. So that's BYU specific. But yeah. the church's stance is like it's the same law of chastity for everyone. Yeah. But then you can't get married to someone of the same sex. So that's mm-hmm. 
that's different, right? So but, like, even if you kiss a girl, even if you hold hands with a girl publicly, you with, can't at BYU. At BYU, no. Yeah. And then it gets tricky because there's a thing that in the LDS LGBTQ community, we call it Bishop Roulette, <laughs> where it depends on your bishop be outside of BYU, where it's like, you might have a bishop who's like, yeah, you can go on dates as long as you keep the law of chastity. Or you might have a bishop who's like, if you want to go on a date with someone of the same sex, you can't have temple recommend. Like, even though the church's official stance is one thing, there's well, still, actually. yeah, <laughs> it still does kind of come down to individual leaders. And I've had mixed experiences yeah. with. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's part of the evolving and rel- revelatory nature of the church. I feel like right. it's such a new thing that eventually, I'm sure there will be specific yeah, right. standards. But yeah, right now, that's that seems like a problem. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah it's super fun. But oh. <laughs> I mean, right now, I'm in a little branch in Vermont, and I have the best branch president in the whole world. Um, I'm the young woman's president in my branch, and that's I'm awesome. very open with my branch president. I'm like, hey, I got a lot of questions. There's a lot of things I'm unsure of, but like, I love God and Jesus. Yeah. And he's like, great, that's all I care about. Will you be the young woman's president? <laughs> and I was like, sure thing. Yeah. So, like... I, I've been really blessed right now, but I have had bishops in the past who have not been mm. as great. Um, Supportive. Yeah. So it just it just kind of does depend. That's interesting. But anyways, oh, <laughs> that's not where we started. We ended there. What has made you decide to stay active in the church? How, is, how has your testimony evolved since yeah. coming out? Um, sometimes I feel like it would be easier to like not worry about it all mm-hmm. but then i realized actually no it wouldn't because like i said earlier christ and god are kind of my my go-to for anything mm-hmm. when life gets really really rough like i've had so many experiences where i know that i can turn to christ and i can turn to heavenly father and I can find so much peace and love that I have been unable to find anywhere else. And so even with like the questions and even with things that are hard sometimes and, you know, facing the reality that like I can't get sealed in that temple, right? That's not an option for me. I still am like, but I know that Heavenly Father is going to take care of it all. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, at the end of the day, I am so sure of that. It's so that, powerful. That God is going to make sure that things work out the way that they're supposed to. And I have no clue what that looks like. Like, I really don't even know what my life's going to look like a year from now. Because looking back a year, I would never think that Mm -hmm. I'm where I am now. But God has blessed me in ways that I could have never imagined. Um, And that's something that has held true through everything. So that's something that I always come back to. It's Mm -hmm. like, I know I have that. Um, And I feel very, very grateful for that. Yeah. So would, do you think that kind of answers the question of I'm somebody who's outside of the church be like, Sarah, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, why are you still even in this church? Like, it, yeah, it you don't have to be. Right. So why are you still here? And I certainly have gotten that, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it is just like I haven't found this piece anywhere else. Yeah. And it, it's not because I haven't looked like <laughs> I I've. I'm someone who really likes to research everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like, I'm going to look into every possible option. Yeah. Right. And I've like looked into other churches or like more affirming churches or like, I've like, okay, what would my life be like if I didn't go to church? But I'm like, 
I I keep coming back to this. That's beautiful. I keep coming back to the relationship that I have with God that I have found uniquely through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like, that's something that I have not been able to replicate anywhere else. And, like, I, certainly people who leave the church, especially if they're LGBTQ, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I certainly understand. And I do 100% believe that people can find happiness outside of the church. But for me, this is the way that I have found the most happiness. I think that's beautiful because that comes down to the one thing that God gave us when we came to this earth is agency. Right. You can handle the situation how you want to handle it yeah. and how you <laughs> think God and you are working together on it. You know? Right. Somebody who is outside of the church somebody who's lgbtq inside of the church they don't have to do the same thing you did right god doesn't have to talk to them the same way he talks to you yeah. you know and i think that's something important that i've taken out of this episode is that one i cannot tell anybody what is a good thing to do what right. is the wrong thing. it's not my it's not my life you yeah. know i don't have that jurisdiction but also there's that beautiful ambiance of You can choose what you want to do with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it is your choice. It is your covenants. It's your relationship with God. And that can look different for every single person. Yeah. And that's why revelation exists. And that's why God gave us choices. (laughs) Yes. And it's not going to be the same. Somebody who is in Sarah's exact situation does not have to choose the same thing. Right. As what Sarah chose. I love that. That's beautiful. I think it's so important. Something I want to circle back to. We only have a few more minutes left together. But something I want to circle back to towards the end of this episode is your relationship to Heavenly Father mm-hmm. and how important that that seems to you. Before that, I had a question as well because I've had people that are really, really close to me mm-hmm. that have had troubles with the church's stance on LGBTQ yeah. issues, which I <laughs> yeah. feel like is a church-wide yeah. struggle. Yeah, I uh, think you're right. But specifically... But that's good that it's a struggle, no? Because we, we, want, <laughs> yeah. to, we want to know the person. Right, we there's want conversations to exactly. about it. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. No, you're good. I, that's important. Specifically, though, that uh, the announcement that the church came out with in 2018, I think it was, yeah. about the baptism of children of LGBTQ parents. Right. And I know the church has revised that since then. Yeah. But what has, how have you dealt with that and what has made you stay even through the revelatory process of the church and, and the revision that goes yeah. on often? My opinion on this has changed a lot. <laughs> um But (laughs) I think if you had asked me a year ago, I'd be like, well, prophets are imperfect. And I still, like, would say that, Mm -hmm. right? But for me, at the point that I'm at right now, this might be blasphemous to some people. But (laughs) to me, the most important thing is my relationship with God. Um, And, like, not to dismiss the pain that was caused by that. And not to dismiss that, like, I firmly do not believe that that was the right move right like that's just me (laughs) um like at the end of the day for me it all comes back to my relationship with god there is pain around that that's one of the big questions that i have Mm -hmm. you know that i haven't received an answer to yet (laughs) but for me i don't stay in the church because of president nelson (laughs) or or president monson (laughs) or any of them like that's not why i stay Mm -hmm. I like some of the things that they do and I don't like some of the things that they do, you know? Um, but for me, that's like an extra tool God has given, has given us as prophets. Yeah. But that's not the point of the church. The point of the church is Christ. I love right? that. And so for me, that's how I 
reconcile, stuff like that. That's how I reconcile when bishops say hurtful things or mm-hmm. when members are dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I'm not here because of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it was because of them, I would have left a long time ago, yeah. right? But I'm here because of Christ and I'm here because of God. And so at the end of the day, when those things hurt, when I have unanswered questions, like, I've stopped putting things on the shelf. I let them sit on the floor and I'm like, well, I'm going to go sit with God. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at with that's, that. That's incredible. I, it goes, I remember a talk by Lawrence E. Corbridge, mm-hmm. who was a member of the 70. He's, he was a mission president back in the day as well. But it, the talk is called Stand Forever. I think it was in January of 2019, where he says the most important things about a testimony are the primary questions. And the number one primary question, does Heavenly Father love me? Or something like that. I know right. that's not verbatim. But if, if you feel comfortable, Sarah, I think everyone would love to hear your testimony on the love that Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ has for you. Yeah, I think that's a foundational part of me. I would add even as an LGBTQ plus member. Um, I think it's best illustrated by my coming out to God, which I think, I don't know if Mm. most people think about that, but you come out to yourself, you come out to family, But when you're super religious, you also come out to God. Um, And for me, that is what has solidified it all. (laughs) Um, That he told me that he was not surprised, that he knew who I was. Sorry. (laughs) Um, That this was not a mistake, that I am not a mistake, Mm. and that I'm loved. And that is what I come back to. That has, like, more than any other thing in my life, that has brought me closer to God is knowing that. And I think that applies to everyone, right? No matter who we are, what we've done, that we are loved. God knows who we are. We are not a mistake and that that love is eternal and it's perfect. Um, So even if everyone in my life had rejected me when I came out, I knew that God loved me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is something I've always held to, you know, even if the prophet tomorrow was like, yes, sorry, we were wrong. All gay people, you're going to hell, which I don't think is going to (laughs) happen. Just got to clarify. But even if that happened, I would still be like, well, God loves me. (laughs) You know, that's real. And that is going to be real forever, no Mm -hmm. matter what. Um, That's something that has is foundational to who I am and how I live and why I go to church and all of the things. Um, that's what it is. That's, that's powerful. That's, that's incredible. I, I love that. I'm, I'm touched. I think my favorite line that you said was, you are not a mistake. Me, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's so many people who, when they're kind of realizing to themselves that they're LGBTQ+, they come to this realization of like okay so then is there a glitch in the system right how i'm attracted <laughs> to people right um because you say one thing but i'm another way right so something's not adding up here and i think it's important kind of what i'm concluding and of course just yeah. tell me if i'm wrong <laughs> is that you don't have to have an answer for that right now no. and, and you don't you don't even need one you don't even have to dwell on it you can just continue life the yeah. way that you're doing it and because of your relationship with God, because right? that's where it came from. Right. Right. And I think, I think that's powerful. I really do. That's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing Sarah. That, yeah. 
Can I, we? Sorry, go. Uh, are we just going to wrap it up? I was going to ask the last question. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we ask this on every episode, and I think it's important because the reason why we do this is to share with other people that they're not the only one going through some of these things, right? And I think, I mean, I'm just pulling this out of thin air, Aaron. We might have Sarah again. Zoom <laughs> in. Good. Um, possibly have questions from y'all because there's a lot we didn't yeah. cover. There's a lot we didn't cover. And we're getting our own mics so we can send a mic out. And we're getting our own mics. <laughs> <laughs> We've upgraded. Um, but it's it's more because you're sharing your experience and I think right. you do this because you you had this experience you had the struggle and you don't want other people to have to just Absolutely. be in shame and quietness yeah. and so what do you think for you is the one advice or one thing if somebody was in your same position when you were coming out and when you were deciding you wanted to come to church or when you were deciding you don't mm-hmm. want to come to church what was the one thing that you want to bring into the light to help those other people mm. i think you have to decide with yourself and if it's important to you with God, like what matters most to you, right? I think it's really easy to get so paralyzed by that shame about what will everyone else think? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what what about all this other thing, all these other things? But if you can get real with yourself and with God, say, okay, what is the next thing that I need to do? you'll know. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I mean, I've experienced that over and over again, that you just have to figure out what the next thing is. Yeah. And if you're real about, you know, what is important to you, you'll know what to do. Um, and maybe for some people that's not going to church. <laughs> maybe for some people that's super committing to church. Maybe it's anywhere in between. Yeah. Um, but I think if you can kind of tune out all of the things that everyone else wants. You can get real with yourself and God. Like, you'll find joy that you couldn't create on your own, um, that you couldn't create if you're listening to what everyone else is trying to tell you. Um, so that's my advice. That's beautiful. The opinions of other people, don't try and seek it yeah. anywhere else. <laughs> seek it right. within yourself and within your seek conversations God. with God. And you mm-hmm. can still find support. Still talk to people. Please talk to yes, people. Yes, yes, yes. Please yes. find support. But, like, at the end of the day, like, it's it's you and God. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you, thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah, we really appreciate Woo! the time. Thanks and, for having me. <laughs> and, a nice and shock of spirit. The, yeah, just just the raw emotion. I I feel I feel so happy right now. I don't know. It's just we hope we hope that you get something from this episode. I mean, if you listen to this episode, you'll get something from this episode. <laughs> you're done. Hopefully. You're <laughs> But please, we'll we'll post this on our Instagram. We'll post this on our Facebook stories. And if you have any words of uplifting and and compliments for Sarah, please throw <laughs> I those. I love in the, compliments. <laughs> please throw those in the confident or in the in the in the messages. Yeah, I also want to put out there. Um, we would love questions. On yeah. we're gonna post this on Instagram, and we would love questions that either Sarah can answer or we can answer. Because, like I said, we didn't even touch yeah. the surface <laughs> of any of the questions I had that right. I wanted to ask today. Um, because this is a continuing this is a continuing thing in right. everyone's life. So, um, 
let's let's piggyback on this we're gonna have a resource episode after this for sure but also we want to answer some of y'all's questions and yeah. we'll figure it out with sarah in vermont yep. <laughs> yep. absolutely and but, again don't be scared about questions if you're asking with the intent to understand brilliant like yeah. love that that's great i love it, I love it. <laughs> well thank you so much sarah for yeah, traveling down guys. to provo for this podcast. <laughs> I, it was only for this podcast <laughs> that was the only reason we appreciate it so much um but until the next time folks it's been another episode of into the light we thanks. love y'all thanks for coming bye